Let's go to uh, 1 Timothy. Stay with me, guys, as quickly as you can. 1 Timothy 2 and 1. 1 Timothy 2 and 1. We're still in this season of prayer. We're still on our 21-day fast. Amen. Amen. Grow not weary and well-doing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And if you grow not weary and well-doing, clothes will fit a little looser. Somebody say amen. Amen. They will start fitting a little looser. Amen. They will. Amen. And everything. How many of y'all got some clothes fitting a little looser? Praise God. I've been doing this in the first place. All they eat. <laughs> Popeyes. <laughs> Jittles, this is the... Uh, I was, I was just listening to what she was listening to yesterday. Just do prayers. Love that chicken from Popeye. Say, Lord told him to stop eating Popeye. I know why. Amen. That's AD. He tried to not obey God, just take the skin off the. <laughs> Say, then Kathy, get, get his skin, wrap her skin up in his skin. <laughs> yeah, man, we can't just eat like that, y'all. Come on. Special cases and stuff, eating that chicken sandwich every day. Now, that's off the chain. Yeah. And some of us get into them everyday things. Going by Dead Queen every day. Yeah, I used to eat a pint of bluebell ice cream every day. You remember that, Gina? When we first got married, that was when I was fine, too. Back then, I was on the how to not be fine playing though. Eating bluebell every day. And then we take those uh them, them honey buns that you get at the store, microwave them, melt the honey bun. Jenny, you remember that? That was terrible. And melt it on top of the bluebell. And then when they didn't have the honey buns. They had them, them pinwheel things, them pin, them pin, the pin, the, you know what I'm talking about? Them pin things with the cinnamon in between it. Cinnamon in between it, and then put that in the microwave. My mama out there shot me down. I said, don't talk about that. And they put that in the microwave, and then put the bluebell on top. Yeah. And we ate vanilla bean. Butter pecan. You know, that was back when no, didn't nobody count calories. I don't even think they put calories on the thing back then. Remember in the 90s? They didn't put calories on the blue. Wasn't nobody count no calories? Nobody counting calories. We was eating. And I was getting bigger like Nutty Professor. Zoo, 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 zoo. I can't. I was in football shape when we got married. What a Gina. I was fine looking. Think about it, Gina. Woo! <laughs> so thank God for the fast. Amen. amen. <laughs> thank God we on the fast. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. Next getting longer and stuff like that. So let's go to 1 Timothy 2 and 1. This is Paul. He said, therefore I exhort, therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, all of these are types of prayers. And we've been talking about prayer all month and everything. And we're going to continue uh, 
This Wednesday, we're going to continue to talk about prayer and what prayer is. All right. But let's get down to intercession. What is intercession? What is intercession? Ken Hagen describes it this way. Intercession is standing in the gap in prayer between a person or persons who have provoked the judgment upon themselves through wrongdoing and the actual execution of that judgment. Or to put it simply, intercession is prayer to hold back judgment. And I'll also add the curse. The curse. So judgment comes from God. The curse comes from Satan. They're both are bad. And intercession will stop it. Who is the chief intercessor in the Bible? Jesus. Jesus. He was the first person ever mentioned in the Bible that would intercede. Why would he have to intercede? What is he holding back? Judgment of what? Of God of what? Sin. Sin. So where is he was wounded for our transgression? Where is that found? Isaiah 53. You're going to find him as an intercessor there. Let's go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. And let's go to verse 10. Stay with me, guys. Isaiah 53, verse 10 in the King James. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased God to bruise his son. Why did it please God to bruise him? That seems kind of sadomasochistic, right? Why would, he, why would he like to bruise his son? How come? Anybody know? Why? Right, because our sins. The only way we could have a relationship with him, his creation, the only way we could have a relationship with God after the fall of man was that there was a worthy sacrifice, right? And Jesus is the, is the lamb that was slain. Is that true or no? Okay, Jesus the lamb that was slain. So it pleased the Lord to bruise him, not to hurt his son, but to get the people that he had created back to him. So it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. God put Jesus to grief. And when you shall, uh, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. So Jesus' soul was the offering for sin. He was the sin offering. Right? Even in the culture, blood sacrifice, blood sacrifice. Satan, Satan demands a blood sacrifice. They say Jennifer Hudson's mama was sacrificed so she could be famous. Kanye West's mama was sacrificed so he could be famous. Y'all heard of this, right? Blood sacrifice. Well, if that's true, the devil is only, he can't create nothing, right? He's only trying to imitate what God already did. Y'all know what King Kong was about? Huh? The white virgin, the white, I don't know if she was a virgin, <laughs> Jessica Lange, but the white girl, I remember my mama took me to see that in 1976, the first King Kong. Not the first one. First one was black and white. But the modern one. It was about a sacrifice to Kong, right? So every false religion, 
idolatrous religion, something has to be sacrificed, right? They get that from this, right? It's God. So, so there had to be a sacrifice. And before Jesus came, of course, they were sacrificing what? Bulls and goats. But Hebrews tells us that the blood of bulls and goats, which were animals, cannot take away the sins of men. We're higher than animals anyway. Somebody say amen. It could only appease God for a moment. But when Jesus came, come on somebody, he put him to grief and made his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Keep going. And he shall, he shall see of the travail of his soul. This is God watching his son suffer and shall be satisfied. What, what is that satisfying? Because his soul was the offering for sin. He was paying for, for our sin. By his knowledge shall my righteous serve and justify many. Who, is, who did he justify? My hands up. Right? He justified us. What does justify mean? He saw us just as if I had never sinned. That's what justify means. So Jesus, that's why he had to die. This is why we have to believe in what he did to be saved. Come on, somebody. Is this good already? For he shall bear their iniquities. He took our iniquities. What iniquities? Hatred, jealousy, lust, murder, malice, envy. Yeah? All of our iniquities. What did he do? He bore them. He took them on. Keep going. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressions. When did that happen? When was he numbered with the transgressions? Anybody know? When he was on the cross. When he was on the cross. How was he numbered with the transgressions, Brother Courtney? With the, uh, with the, sins with the thieves. Yeah. He was not, he, he died like a criminal. Yeah. He hung between two other criminals. He was numbered with the transgression and bare the sin of many and made, oh, here we go, what? Intercession. First time we see that word in the Bible. He made intercession for the transgressors. Uh, yesterday, me and my wife had spent a lot of time together. We was, uh, she, she was being a good wife. She was watching football with me. Now, football is back. I don't know, y'all. All this COVID stuff, football is back. Did y'all see how packed them stadiums was? No social distancing. Nobody wearing no mask. <clears throat> the OU Nebraska game, it was packed. Anybody watch the OU Nebraska game? See, that's that, that's that big, that's that big 12 football. We used to play that. We played OU and those guys back in the day. Those big old stadiums, man. They still big. So then, later on, we, we was watching Tulane and Ole Miss. Jenny say, they were like some high school boys compared to them boys in Big 12. I said, that's why they call it the Big 12. You watching the SEC. They, they do look like high school. But there was a key play in that Nebraska OU game where they were going in for a touchdown, and what happened? There was an interception. So when I intercepted, am I going the same way? 
No, I'm going the opposite way. I'm teaching something. Pastor, what are you talking about? I thought we were talking about intercession. I'm teaching you. That's what intercession is. So the easiest way to remember what intercession is, is intercession is intercepting. Intercession is intercepting. Which way was we all going before Jesus? We was going to hell. We was going to hell. But he, he made intercessions for the transgression. He intercepted us. And now where we go? We going to heaven. That's what intercession is. See, he made intercession for the transgression. <laughs> we was the football going the wrong way. But he caught us. Come on, somebody. Anybody glad that God caught us? Anybody glad that he caught us? And turned us around and started running the other way? That's what intercession is in a nutshell. If you don't remember anything else, whenever you hear intercession, just remember intercession is intercepted. Somebody say amen. amen. Hmm. So we're going to get into this today about intercession. I love talking about this stuff. I love going back through prayer because I know sometimes I, I forget. My wife never forgets nothing. <laughs> but I forget stuff. I thank God for it. God has her as an eyewitness just to document all of the amazing things that have happened in our ministry together. Intercession. Going the other way. Right? So I wanna I wanna I know I wanna read this to you. Let's go to Genesis chapter 18, verse 16. Genesis chapter 18, verse 16. We see intercession again. I'm gonna show it to you a couple of times. And when the men rose up from thence, they looked towards Sodom. <laughs> These angels came down from heaven because they heard about the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. This has been uh, retold, redefined, repurposed. Uh, let me just tell you what Sodom and Gomorrah was, y'all. According to the Bible, when the, when the, when the uh, angels, men showed up in Sodom, and went to Lot's house, the men of the city surrounded her, the men of the city. So these were the pervasive men of the city. That's what they call it. The men of the city surrounded his house. Asking for the men, the new men, the fresh meat that had come to come out so they could have sex with them. The men of the city were homosexuals. So there's no debate on that. The men of the city were homosexuals. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Now, so we're not going to let nobody change it. The LGBT can't change it. Nobody can change the Bible because it's in there. Been in there for thousands of years. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, what do they call us? Homophobic. Okay. The people of God are homophobic. Was Abraham a man of God? He was not homophobic. Because you know what he did? He made intercessions for them gay people. He did. 
And we're going to see it right here. This is intercession. Intercession is intercepted. Somebody say amen. All right. And he interceded with God on behalf of the homosexual LGBT community. It's right here in the Bible. Hello? That's why we not homophobes. We theophobes. We fear God. We love people. We hate all sin. And ain't nobody going to stop us from preaching what the Bible say. I don't care about the political correctness because it's in the Bible. And God loves all sinners. He prayed for all transgressions. Jesus died for all the sin. Come on, somebody. And the first time we see homosexuality in the Bible, a man of God interceded for, the, for them and their whole city. And then the men rose up, looked towards Sodom. Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. Keep going. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I'm about to do? Keep going. Saying that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and shall and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed by in him. Keep going. For I know him that he'll command his children and his household. Up, wives, feminists. No, no, it's for a man to command his household Amen. and his children. That's why he called Abraham. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Come on, jellyback men. No, no, he chose Abraham because he, well, baby, what you want to do? No, you ain't got no vision. You're supposed to have a vision. Amen. Hey, what we going to do now? You're in a crisis. My wife ain't never heard me answer that. When we were homeless in Harvey, I wasn't asking them, baby, what we going to do now? Come on, somebody. I told him, baby, I got it. Somebody say amen. I said, I got this. Me and God, I told him, I said, I don't even need your faith on this. Just, just, just keep cooking us meals on that hot plate. That's, that's all she had. We had a hot plate in that, in that room. Didn't I tell you that? I said, I don't even need your faith. Huh? I said, me and God got it. Somebody say amen. amen. He said he chose him because he knew he would, he would command his children and his household after him and they should keep the way of the Lord and do justice and judgment and the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he's spoken to him. And the Lord said, because of the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous, God called the sin of homosexuality LGBT. He called it grievous. Yeah. I didn't do that, y'all. I just served God. He called it grievous. He said, because that sin is so great. Ain't one sin more than the other. That ain't what God said. Is that what he said? I don't hear him saying that. Now, Jesus died for all sin, though. So the small, the big, the medium, size, and the great. But he didn't say one sin wasn't bigger than another. He said, because their sin is very grievous, he came down. Keep going. And I will go down now and see whether they have done all together according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, I will know. So here's what's going to happen. Keep going. And the men turned their faces from this and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. This is Abraham being compassionate. He knew the Lord was getting ready to destroy that city because of their sin. He's not a homophobe. 
He's not a homophobe. He's praying for those people that God wouldn't destroy them. Give them another chance. So he stood before the Lord. Keep going. And Abraham drew near and said, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Keep going. He said, perhaps there be 50 righteous. Put in the amplifier. Perhaps there be 50 righteous, right? Suppose there in the city, 50 righteous, 50 people that aren't practicing lawless sin, lasciviousness and homosexuality and everything else you can think of. He said, suppose suppose there's some righteous people in the city. Lord, for 50 people, you would destroy the place and not spare it for the sake of of 50 righteous in it, right? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as do the wicked. Far be it from you. That's why, that's why the church is not going through the tribulation. Because <clears throat> that's not God's character. He's not going to destroy the righteous with the wicked. Somebody say amen. This is Abraham talking to God as a friend. He's talking to God. I've had conversations with God that don't sound, oh, Father, thou art my Father. I've had some real conversations with him. That's between me and him, though. Some of the things that, and, and he'll let you talk, too, for a minute. He will. He said, God, you, you can't do this. He says, shall not the judge of all the earth execute judgment and do it righteously? Keep going. And the Lord said, if I find in the city of Solomon 50 righteous, upright, in right standing with God, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Keep going. He keeps going down. Abraham's answer said, behold now, I, I who am dust and ashes taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. What if five Less, 50, less than five, 45. Five of the 50 righteous should be lacking. Will you restore, will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? He said, if I find 45, God can count. <laughs> I will not destroy it. And Abraham spoke to him and said, yet again, say, suppose only, see, intercession is intercepted. He's trying he try to turn this thing around. He sees what God's getting ready to do. He wants to turn it around. That's love and compassion. Abraham spoke to him yet again. He said, suppose only 40 shall be found there. He said, I will not do it for 40's sake. Keep going. Abraham said to him, oh, let not the Lord be angry. I will speak again. Suppose only 30 shall be found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, Behold, now I've taken upon myself to speak again to the Lord. Suppose only 20 shall be found there. The Lord replied, I will not destroy it. For 20's sake, he's interceding. This is intercession. Keep going. And he said, Oh, Lord, now let the Lord be angry. I will speak again only this once. Suppose 10 righteous people shall be found there. The Lord said, I will not destroy it for 10's sake. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking with Abraham and Abraham returned to his place. If only Abraham had said four. 
or got down the fire. He wouldn't have destroyed it. Abraham was like, man, it got to be 10 righteous people in that city. The only people they counted righteous was Lot, his wife, his two daughters. Son-in-laws could have came too, which would have been six. But they wanted to stay in Sodom. Wonder why. I mean, for real. He was interceding. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, I want to point something out to you right here. Some of you guys will have a burden of intercession for people. Don't be discouraged, though. It doesn't mean that you were not connected to God. It doesn't mean that you didn't have a true burden of intercession. It doesn't mean that your intercession wasn't successful. Abraham's intercession was successful. He got God to agree. Ten people. I'll say the city. But the city wasn't saved because there wasn't ten. Yeah? So just because you intercede for somebody, maybe interceding for somebody that's sick, a lot of times the reason people are sick is judgment. It is, y'all. And that's true. Did we see it in 1 Corinthians 11 pertaining to the Lord's Supper? I see we got some people in here that, that may be new. Let's go over there. Let's go over there. And y'all, you can intercede all you want to. If people don't repent, they're going to die. I've seen this happen over and over. Kenny Hagan was talking about it. Mm, that's uh, 1 Corinthians 11.30. Well, let, let, well, let's go to 27. So everybody see the context. Wherefore, who shall ever shall eat this bread and drink the cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. But let a man examine himself. Let a woman examine herself too, right? This is not gender specific. Let a man examine himself and so let him eat that bread and drink that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Verse 30. For this cause, many are weak. Now is he talking to Buddhists? Atheists? Agnostics? Witches? No! He's talking to the people of God. The book of Corinthians was written to the church at Corinth. So that's the context that he says, for this cause, and who's taking the Lord's Supper anyway? Atheists and agnostics? No, Christians. Right? This is what he said. He said, for this call in the church, many are weak and sickly among you. What's sick? Kidney failure. What's sick? Diabetes, high blood pressure. What's sick? Heart problems. Got all this medicine to take. In the church. Why? Why? For this call, unworthily taking the Lord's Supper. Listen to what it says. Many of you are weak, sickly, and many of you sleep or die before your time. That's what it meant. Sleep. Many of you die before your time. In the church, we have funerals. Nobody ever knows, except pastors. Nobody ever knows why we having funerals. He was a good person. He was a good deacon. She was a good praise and worship leader, whatever. 
Only inside people know if God tell them. God's told me many times. And you can pray for them all you want to. Unless they repent. And what's taking the Lord's Supper unworthy? Taking the Lord's Supper. What is, what is the body and blood of Jesus for anyway? To forgive you for your sins, right? You taking it whole and other people's sins against them. That's why every time we take the Lord's Supper, we give you a chance to do what? Forgive people. Or, for, you know, for your transgressive sins, Jesus died. That's why you're taking it, right? And I'm living in gross sin. Sleeping with my boyfriend, cheating on my wife, doing all this stuff. And I'm taking the Lord's Supper. We wonder why. I'm telling you now. Is that the Bible? Is that New Testament? Of course it is. Y'all, we, I don't play with God now. I don't play with God. I don't, I don't do that now. You ain't got to worry about my life. Oh, I'm going to do some stuff because Tia and Courtney can't see me. Are you kidding me? I believe God. I believe that God is real. I, I, I do. People in my family didn't believe Bishop Eddie Long from Atlanta. Love him. Love him. Loved him. Loved him. Spent time with him. But he thought God was playing. God wasn't playing. I got other family members thought God was playing too. <laughs> Sometimes you can sit back and look at other people and go, yeah, I ain't finna do that. How, how many, you know what I'm talking about? The younger children seeing the older child get beat. I remember they were like, well, what'd he do? They, 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 they wasn't being no, they was trying to figure out how not to get the beat. Do you understand what I'm saying? Y'all, this is for real stuff. And it happened all the time. And then now your, your faith is shipwrecked because you interceded for somebody, prayed for somebody to be healed, and they wasn't healed, but you didn't know everything. That's why Deuteronomy 29 says, 29 says what? The secret thing belongs to the Lord. And some stuff ain't none of your business. But that's why people die in the church. And you can't get death off of them. Judgment. And so just because you intercede for somebody, and we listened to a story uh, the other night. You remember? He was talking about that deacon. Deacon that he was rich back in the 30s. I mean rich. In the 30s, when you were rich during the Depression, you was really rich. And the church wanted to build another church, something like that. And he was like, no, nah, I give the most money to this church. Y'all ought to build a building I want. Doggone deacons. Full of the devil. I done seen so many deacons full of the devil. We've seen deacons die, haven't we? Die! I mean, fell. I saw you there, deacon in a deacon meeting. At our dad's old church. Stood up, started saying all kinds of disrespectful stuff to the pastor. That's Baptist church. Her dad just sat right there. Didn't say nothing. We was burying him in a week. He was healthy too. We was burying him. That happened more than once. <laughs> and you can pray all you want to. They won't. They got to repent. So this deacon said, no, y'all, I got the plans for the church. I want, because I get the most money in the church anyway, blah, blah, blah. 
So a man got sick. Everybody was praying for him. Couldn't get. He stopped going to the church. Put out a petition to get the pastor fired, removed. He could only get two members of the church to sign the petition. Nobody agreed with him. He left the church. His wife kept going, and he just he got so sick. And the doctor said he he's not gonna make it. He, he he'll be dead in two weeks. So the wife said. Well, you go tell my husband that. And so he went to the husband, and she, he said, he said to his wife, "Well, well, call for the church, call for the pastor." He said, "Call for the deacon board, call call for the church board." And they asked him to send a a representation from the church congregation. So they called him over there. He had a big house, a living room, 40, 50 people in there. Said so one of the men of the church, two of the men of the church went up, got him out of bed, brought him down, put him in the chair. He said, y'all, I just want to apologize. I want to repent. He said, first of all, I want to repent. Ask forgiveness of the pastor. You know, I started a petition to get you put out to church. And uh, only two people signed it. And then when nobody agreed with me, uh, you know, I spoke against the board. I want to apologize to y'all because y'all wouldn't agree with me. And, uh, and I want to apologize to the church because I got mad at y'all because y'all wouldn't agree with me and left the church. He said, um, I'm asking y'all to forgive me and the message pastor pray for me. <clears throat> the man, uh, the pastor went and got some oil. So he got so happy about it, he was going to just put some oil on him. He said he dumped the whole quarter oil on him. Said so that man jumped up out of bed, was instantly healed. And it started a three-month revival at that church. Every day, including Saturday, every night they had worship service. He got healed. They interceded for him at work because he repented. He repented. <laughs> and y'all, sometimes when you're praying for people, you know, they won't repent. No, they didn't want to repent. How many people we pray for that died? Because they would not, and we knew they would not repent. They would not ask for forgiveness. Fred Price, it's a true story. Some of y'all have heard this before. Pastor Gould told this story not long ago. My mentor, because his mentor was Fred Price up in California in a Crenshaw that built the Dome Church debt-free in the 90s <laughs> by faith. Say so he had a deacon, spoke against him, saying all kind of stuff, developed cancer of the throat. He was in the hospital, dying. And he said, the man was praying, God healed him, said, Jesus appeared to him, said, if you apologize to your pastor, I'll hear you. Call Pastor uh, 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 Fred Price to pray for you. He did just that. So, y'all, there's thousands of witnesses to this. Called that man over, uh, called the, you know, the man called Fred Price. He came to the hospital room with some of his deacons and whatnot. He said, man, I want to apologize, blah, 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 repent it. Fred Price prayed for him. He was instantly healed. Throat cancer. See, these things, cancers and stuff, 
That is it. They had cancer. They died of cancer. Oh, is it somebody died of cancer? They did this and that and that and that. Tied to judgment. So when we're interceding, we're intercepted. But y'all, it doesn't mean we're going to run the ball all the way back for the touchdown. If they don't repent, ain't nothing we can do. Somebody say amen. Oh, God. <laughs> Isn't this good? Is this good? So intercession is interrupting the judgment of God. Even slowing it down for a moment. The, mo- the moments that Abraham was praying and God was talking to him, that was moments of grace right there when people could repent. He was holding it back. Holding it back. And many times, y'all, and the praying grandma's dying out. Well, I'm going to tell you. What's the lady name? Helen Baylor? She was out of uh, Fred Price Church, too. She was a member. I had a praying grandmama. Yeah. Was it grandma or praying mama? Grandma, yeah. Mama Long? Oh, my God. What a deficit in our family. Because she prayed for all of us every day. And I know she was praying for me time I was backslid and stuff like that, interceding for me, holding back the wrath of God. But I repented though. I did. I repented. I repented. So intercession is intercepting, right? It's holding back, holding back, holding back. Uh, Intercession is also reversing the curse or getting the devil off of somebody or the wrong, like, so demons have influence on our thoughts, yes, on on our decisions, yeah. And so many times, and we've done this for people, we've had people that heard the gospel and they told us it was a little little girl at, at the um, Presbyterian church where we were, all white Presbyterian church where you pastors at in Carrollton, Texas, off of Josie Lane. And uh, you were talking about her not long ago. I forget, I forget her name. I remembered it when we were talking about it. But anyway, uh, she was a little chilly there, and she had been an atheist, and we had just worked with her, worked with her. She started believing in God. She said, okay, I believe in God. She believed in Jesus. We shared the gospel, and she just kept, she told us, but I can't, I want to, I want to accept Jesus, I can't do it, I just can't do it. Like, what do you mean? I want to believe, I can't believe. What do you mean? And she just, and we talked to her, we prayed with her, she just couldn't bring herself to believe. Well, the Lord revealed to us through the scripture Remember the scripture say, if the gospel be hid, be hid to them that are blinded by the God of this world. So we interceded for the transgression. We begin to bind the devil and take authority over the devil and to remove his influence so that she could make a sober decision for Jesus Christ. And then she accepted Christ. That's intercession. <laughs> Real pet. 
Alondra, you as a member of your life group one time was getting ready to get married to the wrong person. God gave me a dream. You remember? It was the week before the wedding. It was the week before the wedding. Everybody in the church had already bought their stuff. Remember? Did you buy your clothes? You bought your clothes. Be in the wedding. That was in the session mate. And I remember, I called Alundra because he was in a life group. I said, Alundra, you got to pray for your life group member because he's going to make a bad mistake. Had a dream about the wife he got now. In an airport, she had a ticket to Houston and she canceled her ticket. You remember this? Why are you saying, wow, like it didn't happen? It is. And so, that's Saturday. We called her and said, pray. And I, we didn't, I don't even think we prayed together. Didn't we pray? She prayed, and I prayed, interceded separately. Next morning came in, wins off. And then married the right one. Come on, somebody. And they up in here right now. Hallelujah. That's intercession. That's, that's how it works. Intercession is intercepted. It was on the one yard line. It was a Nebraska interception too. It was, it was, it was getting ready to go in. And London jumped up. And ran it back. Somebody say amen. Get ready to go in. Get ready to go down. <laughs> now, ain't no sense talking about, well, God wanted it to happen. No, no, no. No, no, no. If, if, if we hadn't interceded, we, put, we, pulled, we pulled the enemy's influence off him just for, I mean, all he needed was a split second to think right. You're like, what in the world? No. <laughs> that influence has been on. But y'all, that's why we got to be, that's why, that's, come on. So, that's why you got to be connected to a ministry. That's why you got to submit to a pastor. Come on, somebody. That's why you got to be connected to the people of God. I'm the church. I can be the church all by myself at home. No, you can't. And you're making bad decisions, all kind of stuff happening. Because you ain't even connected to people that can't intercede. Intercession. But, but what he had sold, he got back. Because one day, downtown Houston, there was an active shooter. You remember that? Lawyer had lost it. Snap. A lawyer, attorney. And he was just shooting up people. Was it downtown? Yeah. And so he called me. He said, hey, man, I'm not in uniform. I'm off duty. But uh, it's an active shooter. He said, hey, let's pray. He wanted to intercede for the situation. 
Remember, interceding is intercepting. Is that true? Yeah. So the devil, who influences people to shoot people? The devil. He wanted to shoot people. He wanted to kill people. He wanted people to die. Isn't that what mass shooting is supposed to do? Supposed to kill people. He said, let's pray. I said, what you want to believe for? He said, I'm going to believe that nobody dies. Ten people were shot. Ten people were shot. Nope. Neck, chest, nobody died. One young man was shot in the heart area. But because we were interceding, the bullet boomerang come out. Bullet boomerang came out. Yeah. Uh, that's that young man right there behind the camera right there. Behind the camera, John Michael. That was intercession, y'all. Because intercession is what intercepted. Are we telling the truth, John Michael? Yes. Bullet went in and came out. That's what intercession does. If we don't pray, though, does the bullet come out? I don't think so. And nobody died. But the shooter. That's why God needs his people in every place to pray and to intercede, y'all. When something's going on, you pass by a wreck. Mm. So this is what was holding up the traffic. That's what you do as a Christian. Made me late to work. Father, we just thank you. We just intercede for those people. We pray that nobody dies. In the name of Jesus. People need to be intercede. Remember we went to the theater. We saw a breakthrough. Remember that? Do y'all remember when them dudes fell on the ice? They showed that scene of that woman at the house. What was she doing? She was praying. First person on the scene. She got there before the first responders, right? She was watching. She couldn't do nothing else, but she started praying. Looked like she was praying in tongues, too. She started praying. And that brother lived. <laughs> Interceding. Intercession is intercepting. <laughs> that was one July I was driving some years ago. In my car, I was listening to worship music. Sister Tangeline, song came on, He'll Never Leave You. I just started worshiping. The car filled up with worship. Presence of God got foggy in my car, pulled over, crying and weeping, praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. That's why you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, too. Because we don't even know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit can use your prayer language and pray for people. Somebody say amen. amen. And so I started praying and praying and praying. In a set, in a session is in a set. My mom, at the same time, was having an accident. Alabama. Car rolled over several times. Car was so badly damaged, she had to be cut out of it, light flighted. 
totaled out. Smashed in. When I saw that car, I was like, what in the world? Smashed in every direction. See how she couldn't live. But I was praising, worshiping. Remember, worship is a type of prayer. But I was also praying in the spirit. Got caught up praying in the spirit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And my mama lived. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. She got one little scratch on her. Hold your arm up, mama. One little scratch just to remind it. A scratch, y'all. Car was smashed up. A little scratch on her arm just to remind her that God was faithful. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. That's why we intercede. And we got to be instant. And we got to be sensitive to the spirit of God. If I'd have been listening to James Brown, I feel good. I might not have. Well, big, more money, more problems. I, I might. Like when you call me Big Papa. I don't think I'd have been sensitive to pray at that moment. Hello? Yeah, that's why we can't be listening to the Tom John Morning Show and Earth, Wind, and Fire and all them oldies. We got to stay sensitive and keep that environment conducive. And some of these, some, some of these gospel songs ain't, ain't right. <laughs> stay in worship. Somebody say amen. So that we can intercede, right? Where's the scripture on that? Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. <laughs> Is this good, y'all? Yeah. Are y'all learning something about intercession? Because yeah. I thought. Couldn't wait to get to this one. Yeah. yeah. Look at uh, Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, our weaknesses. What does that mean? As a, as a, as a man or woman, we're, you know, in, in the flesh, we, we don't know. We're, we're weak. Our flesh is weak. Our flesh isn't spiritual, right? And a lot of times we got to walk in the natural. I was driving a car, going somewhere. I don't even remember where I was going. <laughs> But it says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So when, when, we were, when I was praying in the Spirit, the, the Spirit himself was making intercession for my mom. But y'all, I want you to understand, God needs a body. He needs a person. So he gave me the tongue. I don't know why. That's just the rules. That's spiritual rules. He's not going to do anything unless he can move a person on earth with authority in the earth to pray. And think about it. If he was going to do it without us praying, then why did he tell us to pray? There's a purpose in prayer. Angels can't pray. And people that's dead can't pray. Only people that's alive on earth can pray. And so he used my tongue as I was praying in the spirit to make intercessions with groanings that couldn't be uttered from my mom. That's why you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
it sounds funny when I do to to. It sounds funny. Well, it was sounding funny, but my mama's a lot. And how do you how do you pray? You pray until you get a release or know the victory. You can save somebody's life. Now, I'm not saying it was judgment on my mom. It was a curse the devil was trying to bring. And we had talked, there's some things in private that we had talked about, about her brother. She was bringing back stuff that was tied to the occult that I told her, Mama, now don't be bringing it. But she brought some of that stuff back, nostalgic. You know, she wasn't in, in the church like ours yet and stuff like that. So she didn't know a lot about that. The devil was trying to attach a curse to her. And the same thing that killed her brother, some of that stuff she had in her car, and it was trying to kill her too. So we interceded, intercepted what the devil was trying to do. And she says, through that prayer and intercession and stuff, and we were praying in tongues, that she saw an angel stand by her side until the prayer minutes came. <laughs> Y'all, we got to, and I don't call myself a great intercessor. I'm not called to do intercession. I don't have the gift of intercession. I don't think there's a gift called intercession. We don't see it in the Bible. I don't think Abraham had the gift of intercession. He was just praying for people in Sodom because he knew his nephew was in Sodom. Moses also prayed for Israel so Jesus, God wouldn't destroy him. I don't think he had the gift of intercession. That's just the type of prayer that you pray for people. But the Lord has used us at different times to save people's lives. Mm-hmm. Through intercessory dreams to help people and pray for people. Amen? So I wanted to show you all this. I think we saw part of this when we were showing uh story last summer, but I want to remind you this. He talks about how intercession helped him. Go ahead and play that.
absolutely saved my life through intercession and prayer. That, that, when I got back home and we compared these two, uh, these two uh, uh, pieces of paper, <laughs> written 12,000 miles apart, uh, you, you, you never know how the reality of God comes to you uh, like it does at that moment. But that intercession can save a person's life. And that I was healed by the prayers of there you the go. teacher that prayed until they found. So that's what intercession can do. Amen. I want us to. You say, Pastor, you got so many stories or this and that. How God has used you. My wife has stories too. I can't think of uh, any of hers, but she's interceded. She's had that burden of intercession. Why? Is it because you're a pastor? Is it because, no. Remember, he said it was a school teacher that interceded for him. Unless Samurai was a great man of God. But unless that school teacher prays, he's dead. Obviously. He said the Lord told him that she saved his life. If she don't pray in the United States, does he live? God, well, God, see, y'all, we got to get that. that and I'm going to tell you why we think like that, because we don't want no responsibility. If God wanted him to live, he can let him live. He didn't want him to live. That's why he told somebody to pray. Prayer is the rules. When we pray, we let God in. We open the door. Somebody got to pray though. So, if that's true, that he would have probably died unless she prays. How many tragedies could have been averted if we had prayed? If we'd been in enough spiritual development and maturity. Why did it happen to us? Well, me and my wife, years ago, years ago, well, maybe three or four years after we got married, we was reading through a book, talk, and it, it was talking about just totally committing yourself to God. And me and her both, I remember, we got on our knees at some point and said, God, our life belongs to you. Whatever you want to do, you can do it with our life. Not, and we weren't pastors. We've been woke up in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. Pray for people, either by God or by the people. <laughs> Call you on the phone. We pastors. We ministers. We're giving our life to God. Anybody give your life to God like that, though? Anybody want that? You should, because somebody interceded for you. You should want to be able to do the same thing. If somebody saved your life, well, that's not for me. Oh, oh, oh yeah, it sure wouldn't have been if we would have let you die. <laughs> you know, the Chinese, they have a whole other way of thought. If you save their life, I'm indebted to you forever. Yes? 
America, we do a whole nother. You say, my, uh, thank you very much. I'll take it from here. intercession and y'all now there's some things now you gotta purify your life perfect no no we're not perfect but your goal gotta be to live pure to not be given to impure music movies whatever right to keep an atmosphere of God around you. Stay in that word and be instant to pray and to intercede. Instant. 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 Somebody fall at the, at the store. Would you? Oh, come on, come on. Now let somebody else do that. You ought to be praying. Hello? You can save somebody's life. Amen. I, I know I, I've done that several times. Walked up on something. <laughs> save somebody's life. Did I tell you about the Starbucks thing down there? I was Starbucks. I told the men this. I didn't tell the rest of y'all. This happened a couple weeks ago. I was really interceding. So I don't know, and I'm going to talk to the people at Chase because I know the president or the, the manager and stuff. I don't know who configured all of that with Starbucks and Chase and the line and the, the Chase line. It's just crazy. Like, you can't get in and out a certain time. And a lot of people want Starbucks and a lot of people want to get in the bank. So anyway, and he right there in Wallaceville. So I was over there to do something. Oh, yeah. So we we had done, and I had to go back and take that document back to her because I hadn't signed it or something. Anyway, so we were doing some banking for the church, and they called me back because we had forgotten to do something, and they wanted us to sign another document. So anyway, I was headed back over there listening to preaching or whatever, and uh, so it was just traffic coming in. So it was traffic coming in from Wallaceville, in that direct bank entrance, and then there was traffic that was coming from where that car wash entrance is. People had pulled up on that side, and then there was people coming out of Starbucks trying to get out, and it was just a mess. Nobody directing traffic, nothing. So this Caucasian guy uh, in a security guard uniform with a gun is on this side. Young black guy's pulling in from this side. So he don't know because I'm in the middle. I'm between them. He can't see the guy from this side. He don't know he's trying to get to Starbucks, right? So he comes in, gets in the Starbucks line. White guy gets out. And he's like, do you want to die? I'm like, Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating it. I'm, un, I'm probably underdoing it. Do you want to die? Point to the black guy. 
I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you. I will kill you. <laughs> I'm like, Lord Jesus. And then you know how people, when they got a gun, they get back in their car like they finna get it. I, you get back, I said, oh, I, you can't move. I can't go back. I can't go forward. I'm right in the middle of this. And the dude, they talking about shooting is right there. So if he's shooting, my car, something. I hold up my hand over here. I said, hey, bro. Looked at the black guy. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. What do you do right there? You call in the name of Jesus. Dude, calm down. I got up when I when I finally got through, parked my car, talked to the black guy. I said, hey man, just chill. Oh, yeah, young guy. So it was over, man. Didn't nobody get shot. Black guy let the white guy in first. So I can just go to the bank. That's probably what I should do. Right, Tamisi? What do you think I did? I did not do that. I walked past the bank to the white guy truck. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm a pastor. I said, you need to calm down. Yeah, we're going to. I said, bro, do you know you can go to jail for making a threat on somebody's life? Everybody heard you. And you're a security guard. You should know better. Yeah. I'm just tired of this stuff. I said, hey, man. Over some coffee, you willing to die today? Jesus' name, calm down, bro. You right, you right. Thank you. Thank you. Intercession. Intercepting. I've done that more than once. People of God can't be scared. Now, women, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't want my wife doing that like that. My wife done done some crazy stuff, too. I said, girl, you did what? <laughs> but the men of God, come on, we got to stand up. We can't be afraid. And we're interceding for the land. It's crazy. Get to your job early. 15, 30 minutes, walk the hall, intercede, intercede. You know, it might be a shooter coming to your job that day. Intercede, walk around, pray for the man, pray for You know, we do, we pray for President Biden, President Cameron. I know some of y'all, they crazy. No, we praying for them. <laughs> intercede so we can intercept some of these dumb passes. We praying for them because they 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 in power now. You can criticize them bad mouth if you want to. How about let's intercede though? Let's intercede. Maybe God can turn some stuff around. Somebody say amen. So let's pray this morning. Number one, if you want to give your life to Christ, you want to be a part of this family. 